Hi, this is Shelby. And Carolyn. We are two Canadian prairie ladies, raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life. We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches, and we want to share the journey with you. In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more. We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey. We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation. So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots. Let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. All right, welcome to Ride Like a Mother. You have your hosts, Shelby and Carolyn here. And today we welcome a very special guest, Jacqueline Rooks. So Jacqueline comes from Elkhorn, Manitoba, um, where her and her family own and operate JR Performance Barrel Horses, um, where standing the man himself, a streak of fame, KN, aka Bert, that's where he is. We've all heard his name, whether it's been in the past podcasts or if you're in the barrel world in southwestern Manitoba or southeastern Saskatchewan or Alberta. You've got a few horses in Arizona right now, so you've probably heard his name everywhere. So Jacqueline is a huge part of the Five Star Futurity Sales Well located in southwestern Manitoba, and that's where she also hosts many jackpots, and you will always be found helping out in the barrel pen always. Um, so thank you so much for joining us here, Jacqueline. We pr- really appreciate well, thanks it. Thanks for inviting me, girl. That's it's, it's great. Yeah. If I can figure out all this technology, we will make it through it. <laughs> we'll get through it. It's all good. Working good so far. <laughs> so Perfect. to get started, I just want to say your breeding program has a pretty great reputation in the barrel racing world. So Take us on your journey and how you got to where you are today. We'd all love to know. Well, it's an interesting run. It's been a long one. <laughs> uh, where do I start? Well, everybody starts out with their their studs. I kind of, mm-hmm. I didn't plan on breeding. I started out being really, really competitive. Mm-hmm. And I was competitive in figure skating and teaching figure skating at a high, high level. Oh, so... Yeah. <laughs> Then I went and I rode lots with Kathy Durand. And she kept saying, like, you know, you need to get into barrels. Like, you're a good enough rider. And I'm like, ah, sure, whatever. So we looked around. We found some barrel horses. And I just started going with her and Duncan and really enjoyed it. And then decided I was really competitive and I wanted to do more. So um, I purchased a, a horse from Elaine Hyde, Jim and Elaine. And her name was Gucci, and she was older nice. though, and did really well in her. Then she passed away, and it's not like today where you know you can find a lot of horses even around our area and great horses around our area now. And mm. back then, it was hard to find them. Like, and anybody that had them didn't really want to sell them. 
Um, so I started looking after Gucci had passed, uh, went out West with Jacqueline Workentine, uh, went to a few clinics out there I'm trying to think who some of them are like, well, I went and rode with Alec, uh, Rayel Robertson and she had a horse there and I really liked it, but I almost fell off it. So I thought maybe that one wasn't a good choice for me, <laughs> but in the end, I ended up looking in barrel horse world and there was two ads there and it was a girl from California and phoned her got knowing her and anyway when I was done teaching figure skating I jumped on a plane and I went out to California and before I got off the plane the horse I was to look at had sold and it was a daughter of firewater flit but she she had lots so she was like come we still got lots to ride and if not you know I'll take you around and show you lots so rode lots of her horses and she took me around and showed me a lot of other horses over a week, like, you know, week to 10 days. And from there, I didn't really find anything. So I was getting closer and ready to go home. And she had a mare called Miss Chrissy time out in her pasture that she was breeding to her stud, which was a little flit, which is from the great Leo bar and sugar bars breeding. So it's double bred three bars breeding quite high percentage. <clears throat> and she says, well, you don't want that. Like that's a 10 year old brood mare. And I said, but you said she ran barrels and she curated her. And she goes, yeah. I said, well, can I ride her? Cause she was just, she was just starting into full. And she said, yeah, you could try her. So I tried her and I was like, I think this is the one. So we negotiated mm -hmm. and everything and that. And the next thing I know, I was getting blood work done, getting her vet checked. And so we were another, I think another seven days getting that done. And then I had already lined up a truck and trailer that was <clears throat> going back and forth, a, uh, a big semi from Jim Martin's livestock mm -hmm. uh, that he does a lot of hauling and he knew a guy. So I load up my horse on a trailer with a bunch of pigs with it so it was quite an interesting trip and off come back and I drove back with the trucker back to Lethbridge and brought her home and then I she fold out on February 15th I believe which was aka red Mr. Red Rock Leo Bar and he was just a baby and and I still wanted to compete and I was competitive enough. And I guess I just decided being pregnant shouldn't stop anybody, including her. <laughs> and I didn't realize that at the time until I had my kids 20 years later, then I started to realize that was a really hard thing I put her through. So that summer I hauled her around plus the baby. And yeah, we, we did a lot of, tipping barrels and then finally about halfway through the season we started to leave them standing and she started winning and the big joke of it was i think if you talk to any rodeo people you know as i was heading into rodeos i would throw them a rope and say hey can you hang on to him i'll be back hopefully in you know 14 seconds <laughs> and they'd look at me and go are you kidding and i'm like no i'll be right back and they just i throw them the rope and he'd stand there and i'd go in and run and come back out grab the rope and off we go again and uh I think by, so he was born in February, March, May, June, July. By July, he was starting to be bad at the rodeos. He was running around and ropers were roping him and he would, you know, he'd just run around regularly loose. He was just terrible. <laughs> so 
So I finally decided I have to start and wean them and leave them at home in the box stall. And, and then I had to halt her. And then I, before runs, had to milk her out and finish my runs. And in the end, you know, I had a great two years on her. And then she passed away with a bad colic surgery. She ended up, she colicked. Uh, we went to go do surgery and it was too late. So I lost her. And I'd spent so much time and, and you know, money and organizing, getting her home. So then I decided, well, all I got left is this two-year-old stug colt. And I was like, God, I don't know about this. I'd never, I mean, I was on a PMU farm my whole life. I knew what studs were, but riding one was a whole different story and competing on. And well, let me tell you, as we progressed on, he ended up going in training with Guy Robertson, a good friend of mine that originated at a brand and that was a Rainer trainer. And he had talent and he had attitude. <laughs> and in the course of the next three years, um, he pretty much did everything to us. <laughs> he was not an easy campaigner. He was, he wasn't tough to get along on the ground. He was a hellion, but on his back, he was a gem. He was all business on mm -hmm. his back, but, uh, you know, there was a lot of things that went wrong hauling and getting used to. And, and basically everybody kept saying like, what are you doing with this stud? And I says, well, he seems to like barrels. So it's the only thing I had left from my trip out to California. So I wasn't quite ready to geld him. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden at five years old, he started coming on and at six, he got better at seven. He was better at eight, nine, 10. And he just kept going the gift that kept giving. So then I finished rodeoing on him. I believe he was 18 years old. And I said that was enough of hauling up and down the road with him and started on riding some mares and he was breeding. And then we, that's how I got into breeding. <laughs> and then comes along Bert, mm -hmm. but the streak of fame KN. And this is actually even a better story of how I don't know why stallions keep coming to me because I was ready to get out of the breeding world. The stallions, like, you know, I was like riding mares and all that was good. And so I went to go look at in Rapid City at a mare that was an own daughter of French McGuy. I had one and was looking at purchasing seeing another one. And I drove out there with a girlfriend and we looked at this mare and she really wasn't what I was looking for. And then in this pen, was a two-year-old stud with what they called the babysitter. And I was like, who's that? And they go, oh, well, that's a stud and a babysitter that came from the heritage place. And lo and behold, he says, oh, we'll come inside and we'll look at the papers and, you know, you can have a look at them. And I said, oh, are they for sale? And he said, yep, they're for sale too. So we go into the house and he pulls out the papers and I look at them and I'm like, oh, dash to fame. <laughs> is the stud and the mayor was speedy empress and prime talent corona cartel mm. and <laughs> and they lived in kind of a round pen a bigger round pen there and um i did not go to buy a stud but i said to the guy like i'd be interested in the mayor and he says well i'll make you a deal on the two of them and i was like okay i don't know how i'm gonna get this one by travis like Maybe he won't notice. <laughs> so I uh, looked at Allison, this girlfriend that came with me, and she goes, are you serious? And I'm like, 
well, if he doesn't work out, I can geld him or resell him. Like, I just want the mare. And, you know, so that's what we did. And uh, I brought this two-year-old home, and I swear to God, he went into my old red barn, and I put the mare into a, another pen to get ready to breed to red. And uh, I think the next day I hauled him down to Guy Robertson <laughs> and said, look at I can't have a stud around that, you know, he was, and, and he, and Bert, as I call him, was a gym. He was really well-mannered, the total opposite of red, um, really well-mannered on the ground, but had never been rode or anything like that. So it was like, well, we need to address this. So then Guy got him and he, off and on, he rode him for the next three years and I got him ready and got him ready to maturity and then he had a trailer accident and that ended his like he didn't even make it to the maturity trail so he just became a stud that i had left still intact and there's how that all started <laughs> and as we all know then it just goes on and i was left with two studs and uh yeah so i learned lots in those 10 years very very quickly um, both were bred to be barrel horses or arena performance horses. And, uh, Bert originally came from Kenny Nichols, um, down in the States. He was bred, La, La, Latricia Duke had a good mare that she had performed on and Kenny had bred it. And that's where he came from. So, and wow. yeah, so, and <laughs> Red, what came from Angie Stallings, which was is Angie Stallings back then, who's Angie Jones now, and she owns JB Proud and Famous, um, which is quite a, a great dash to fame son that has lots of winners down in the States too, now standing in Utah, I believe. And uh, yeah, that's how I ended up with these two crazy birds at my house. And <laughs> so, yeah. how old are they both now? Uh, Red passed away. Oh, yeah. Like I'm going to say he was 25 and mm -hmm. I put him down with, um, I'm going to say two Novembers ago um, with really bad arthritis, just oh. age arthritis yeah. falling. And uh, 25 uh, is stud. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. Amazing. And yeah. And ran till he was 18 when I wow. quit yeah. him. So that's pretty good. Yeah. I can't even get one till 10 years old running. Yeah. And that's kind of the amazing thing with red. Like, um, he just, he didn't quit. Like he mm -hmm. just, he thrived to be on the road. He, um, he was happier on the road than doing nothing. It was quite an adjustment five years after I quit hauling him because he'd run out to the end of the lane as I'd go out with the trailer and like, literally sometimes we thought he was gonna like jump the fence because he wanted to be <laughs> in the trailer uh that's awesome and i think yeah and i think one other time i took him to a clinic and just tied him at the trailer and decided i wouldn't do that again <laughs> because he <laughs> was just like he was when he was five he was he he was just not he wasn't the easiest horse to haul and anybody that mm -hmm. hauled with me could vouch for that like the girls like don vent Vandersteen and Tammy Kelly and them. The trailer rocked quite a few times and we all just got used to it. And every once in a while, I'd say, tap your brakes. 
<laughs> make sure he's behaving. And that was kind of the joke of, in our trailer unit. And then Bert is, I believe, he is a 2008 baby. Oh, so okay. he's getting some age on him too. So, yeah. And he, you know, we all hope they'll live as long as they can. Mm-hmm. But I always say, like, you know, I feel blessed for every day or year or whatever they'll give me along the way. Yeah, so. no kidding. So let's hear about the rest of your herd. Uh, what other horses are in your program? Uh, like breeding mares or performance-wise or what do you... Sure, whatever Both. you got going on that's uh, you're excited about. Or... Okay, well, bre- breeding-wise... Um, uh, most of mine consist of, I like to have own daughters, always have, um, but that's getting harder to do now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like I have an own daughter, Frenchman guy, an own daughter of streak of fling and a dash to fame, an own daughter of hot colors on dash to fame, own daughter of Royal quick dash, Tom's quick dash, two red daughters. Um, I had a bugs alive in 75, Johnny bug daughter. The talented mm-hmm. Empress, two Judge Cash daughters, Ivory James that I just purchased. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe three or four years ago because I thought I'm gonna get on this bandwagon earlier than later. So I bought an Ivory James um, sight unseen down in Quebec, and she, she's absolutely gorgeous, but she's huge, like she's a big <laughs> track mare, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know lots of other people love those big track mares and I understand why. Um, but I, I, when she got off the trailer, I was wow. <laughs> like I'm not very tall and I have troubles getting up my horses now. And I got to be honest, it's probably one that I will not keep a colt myself because I'll never be able to get on it. She's absolutely <laughs> big and beautiful. <laughs> so there's her. I have a Shazoom daughter, uh, bully bullion, Special effort crossed on a chick's bedane, a Dr. Nip bar. And I have a, I had an Okie Dokie Dale daughter, which now I have a, a granddaughter. So those are kind of what's in the breeding program for me. And a lot of those, like the Frenchman guy and the streak and fling hot colors, red daughters, those are all ones that um, I perform. Like I, I hauled them and barrel raced them. And then I would say the, the Judge Cash, the Shawnee Bugs, the Bugs Alive, they were all ones that are ex-barrel horses that along the way down in the States, I met some people. And, you know, when I said, when you're ready to sell them or they're done their barrel racing career, give me a call. And that's how I ended up with some of them. So, and then over the years, you just keep, you're always keeping your eyes open and here and there and seeing what you like or don't like and and uh that's how i get going on them and play around with crossing um i personally like i know a lot of people don't buy the papers um i look uh i'll be honest if i can see the horse and watch it move that's probably my first thing if i can't my first thing is looking at papers and then I want to look at the video mm-hmm. and I'm okay. a little backwards 
with some people. I, I know what I'm looking for when I see it. Um, and as, and the papers just help go along with it. So, mm -hmm. and I found Absolutely. with, with red, he was a little bit, uh, you know, he was a little bit thicker quarter horsey looking. So if I could put a little more leg on him or a little more speed, then like he crossed good on a lot of good running horses. Mm -hmm. So, and Bert seems the dash to fame seems to cross good on both sides of the fence. That the cow bred, the cow run, straight run. Um, he seems to cross really good on both sides. So that's exciting. Absolutely. And what do I have up and and I don't know, what do I have up and coming? I I keep lots. I usually end up selling them. <laughs> As do we all. As do we yeah. all. <laughs> and not because I don't think they're good. I just think, oh God, I got this three year old and she started or and I'm like, I don't know how much I'm going to get on her. And somebody comes along and I'm looking for a three-year-old. And I'm like, oh, well, I got one, I guess. Um, and mm -hmm. as I'm aging, I'm getting better at saying no. Um, mm -hmm. Dawn always used to get after me and say, you know, start and ride some of your own. And I'm like, well, you got to be able to go. <laughs> and mm -hmm. with family and breeding and everything, I find it's tough to get on the road mm -hmm. to do what they need to do. So, but now I'm getting a little more selfish and I have a few more that I kept at home. So I kept a, of course, I'm a, a big fan of Shawnee bug, big, big fan. Um, mm -hmm. probably one of my, you know, other than like, I, I like flip bar. Um, but I would say Shawnee bug and bugs alive in 75 are old, old breeding. And they're probably my favorites mm -hmm. and they're good top or bottom. I don't care if it's on the top or on the bottom or, I don't even care if it's three generations back or off the paper. If you've got that, you've got something in my eyes, but <laughs> I just like that little bit more quarter horsey build. So absolutely, that's mm -hmm. my thing. So if you had to pick, that would be the genetic lines that you really, really love and would focus on in your broodmare band or even for your next stud. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, I got <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spoiler. Actually, that is a spoiler. Yeah. I have oh. a son out of the Shawnee Bug, the own daughter of Shawnee Bug and the Dash to Fame. I kept a, a stud colt from him. She, he had a, a hawk injury as a baby. So I decided just to keep him. And because he wasn't going to be able to be a top performance horse. So I kept him and so far things are looking really, really good. And I think he's probably even got, he's got as good a qualities as my dash to fame stud. And he's got even better on like the dash to fame, my dash to fame, like Bert is really good, like bred on the streak and six side, which is really nice. But because I'm such a fan of the Shawnee bug, I just really like that 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 uh look and that bloodline as far as mm -hmm. um going into the arena and even not even barrels like the arena on any prospect and so he's coming up and he's he got one mare last year so we'll see what he does <laughs> how that comes out and and then i'll see i'll give him some more of this year and see how it goes <laughs> And I always said I was not going to have any more studs. And then all of a sudden I have that again. So maybe I'm just doomed <laughs> to have more studs around. I don't know. 
I seem to get along with them for some reason, but I'm a little old school too when it comes to breeding. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'd like to get more into the AI end of things, which is all great, but the, the line breeding and all that, I still think sometimes lots of studs get hurt by mares or maiden mares because you don't, you're always trying to like have them on a line and protect them. And I worked with an old guy um, that was originally from Elkhorn here and very quickly he helped me lots a bit at the beginning and just said, you know, Jacqueline, he's a raging hormone. He will take care of himself. You just have to let him. <laughs> and I was like, okay. okay. And surprisingly <laughs> enough, they do. They really do. Mm -hmm. um, they will not let themselves get hurt. But if you're in the way with the ropes on them and everything, sometimes they do get hurt because they can't get away quick enough. That's yeah. what I have found. So both mine, I kind of let them, I will hold the mare and I have a whip and I work them and they're pretty obedient with it. Uh, not that there isn't some tough mares. So then mm -hmm. definitely we have to get some help in, but, but that's that. So yeah, other than that, that guy coming up, that's a new surprise, I guess. And I'm hoping maybe this year, uh, probably switch my papers from red on to him and the CBHI to start off and just see what happens there. And if that doesn't work out, then I guess I'll figure something else out along the way. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's very exciting. Very exciting. I didn't yeah. think I'd be opening that kind of can of worms asking that question. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, but I'm excited I did. <laughs> Uh, well, I was like, I don't know if I should tell these girls this. I'm not yeah. sure if he's really, like, I mean, he's everything I would want. I'm not so sure it's what everybody else wants, but I don't know. I've never been that person to worry about what everybody else wants. I usually just no. go with my gut. And I've been lucky enough that both times it's kind of paid off. And I think this boy will too. So his, his mom was um, a pro rodeo horse down south and I purchased her she was quite an age when I purchased her and I got three colts out of her before she passed so I was pretty excited about that so maybe we'll see what he can pass on because it's one of my favorite bloodlines so there you go yeah we what we love well, yeah That's right. hey it's Carolyn here your ride like a mother host and website and graphic designer I am passionate about helping ranchy rural business owners expand their online marketing and grow their businesses. Something that really bothers me is seeing really fantastic small businesses leave money on the table because they're not utilizing all the amazing marketing, marketing tools available to them. Or business owners playing small because they don't believe their business is worthy of investing in. Or they aren't confident in their strategy. What a shame, right? I know that you are capable business bosses with amazing products to share. And I wanna step into the business arena with you and work on your online marketing strategy. To help you get started, I created a website starter kit. This PDF lists and explains the most important aspects to collect as you start a website project. These are things that you can collect before you choose your check and before you even talk to your web designer. This document will help you whether you decide to DIY your website or if you're hiring somebody to build the whole thing for you. 
I walk you through the first 12 items I ask all my clients to collect and prepare. So if this is something that you think will be helpful to you, you can access this PDF at carolynkaylor.ca slash website starter kit. The link is also in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for tuning in and cheers to all you amazing rural business owners. Yes. Yes. What we love. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Speaking of passing it along, it is falling season right now yes. or very soon. What are you What are you excited for this spring? Have you started foaling? Um, I've 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 been putting one in the barn right now, <laughs> and she's she'll fall here at the end of the month. But she's very big, and she's very bagged up, and it could come early, which mm. that doesn't surprise me. Like with the weather and the storms, it'll usually bring them on a little sooner. So yeah, I start. I start at the end of this month, and then I hit hard in April. And then I have a little, just a little break because then I breed a lot of outsiders. I kind of split my pack a bit due to just taking outside horses. So I do, I'll have six or seven full earlier and then I'll have six or seven full later just for doing outside horses. I just found it was getting to be too much. And sometimes um, my Dash to Fame stud kind of decides, usually in June, he usually decides to take a little, I call it a hiatus <laughs> um, from work <laughs> and decide that he just needs a little break. Mm -hmm. um, him and I don't always get along with that. <laughs> so there's been times where I've had to tell owners like, please bring your mares earlier than June. He usually sets down in June and then starts up the last week in June and goes then till whenever. But he tends to, yes, and usually about the beginning of June, he takes about two weeks where he decides he's he's just not going to breed. <laughs> and it's pretty consistent. And there's no reason. But it's usually in June. And we all kind of laugh if, you know, if he happens to shut down, you know, a little earlier. We're all like, oh, I guess he's taking an earlier break. But then he comes back. <laughs> so we don't have to worry too much. But that is what he does. So that's been, and, and Red never did anything like that, but Bert does. He, the Dash to Fame stud, takes his breaks. So he's a little more picky sometimes, I guess would be the way to say it. So they they can be, they have off days, I guess. Mm -hmm. So We yeah. all need a little vacation every once in a while. <laughs> yes, yes. He just makes me mad when I have like, you know, two or three outside mares in and he decides his vacation time is now. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm not giving you a paid vacation. You need to get back to work, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, you can have the have rest of the year off. <laughs> exactly. So sometimes you got to put him in a pen by himself three or four days where you can't see anybody. And then you bring him back out and things are a little bit better. So hard to tell oh some God. days. But if not, then we, you know, I phone Megan McBurney and say, okay. You know, we're going to bring around these mares a little quicker six days later because he's taken his hiatus again and ate it and holiday, whatever you want to call it. And he'll be back from the Bahamas and we'll get back to work. So, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, you said that you breed outside mares. So, if yes. so, to all the ladies, gentlemen, whoever wants to breed their mares to Bert, what are some tips that you have for these mare owners that want to breed to your program? 
Oh, I'm, you know, again, old school. I have so many people say like, oh, where's your breeding contract? Where's this? Where's that? And I'm kind of bad. I'm kind of a, I'm old school. Like if you want to breathe, phone me, <laughs> bring your mare. And I guess the reason is like so many people say you shouldn't do that, Jack. But I'm kind of like, I've never forced anybody to do anything they don't want to do. And I, I believe that in the horse world, the human world, um, you know, I can be mad at what people don't do and stuff like that. But I do believe, you know, uh, my word's my word. And if it's one thing I've got, it's my word. And if I said, I breed your horse, I will breed your horse. And sometimes in life, I think, you know, we've, we've lost track of some of that stuff and everybody wants contracts, contract, contracts. And I understand contracts are a good thing to have. Um, but I tell people like, you know, I always tell them like, you got two years to breed to get a live full. And that doesn't mean a live full living, you know, a year and then dying <laughs> or mm -hmm. living two weeks and then dying. It's a, it's a live full up sucking. And then after that, you know, if your mare kicks it or something like that, no, um, that's where we are. So mm -hmm. then, and I'll rebreed, like I'm pretty good that way. Um, if there's a mare that is having trouble in her cycles, um, my suggestion to mare owners is really get your vet to check her out before you bring her another year because I have had lots come in and they'll bring a mare two years in a row and she'll leave in full, but she'll, well, I call it eat it or spit it out. Um, what the technical term is when they eat it is it's just that they, they absorb the egg basically. And that happens a lot. And for mare owners, I don't know if they realize how much that happens. And, you know, sometimes when you pick up that little bit cheaper broodmare, you might have a broodmare that that's why she's a little cheaper because she's got a few little issues or I have a couple of broodmares over the last how many years where they're what I call they, they, when they have a, a baby on them sucking, they will not, they'll cycle, but they will not catch. And that's more common than people realize. There's a lot of that. And then you got mares that'll cycle, you know, maybe not so much sometimes in our weather, but I've, I still have lots of mares. Like I just, one of my mares right now is cycling. It's the end of March or middle of March and she's cycling and, and we've had cold weather and she's cycling. So I find March, April, May, they, they come on pretty strong. And then sometimes mares, they're still cycling. They're just not quite as strong. And lately I've been finding mares in the fall are, are hitting their heat cycles hard. Um, it's kind of weird. Like the, the weather, it changes a lot of things. So for mare owners, I say, know your mares, talk mm -hmm. to your vet, take the time. And if you don't, then realize that, you know, um, it might take your stallion breeder a little longer to figure it out for you then. So yes. give them time. Um, I've had some that'll drop them off and don't know when their cycles are. And we just got lucky because there's enough stallions at my place that, and the pens are all close enough that usually within two or three days, I can, you know, 
I'm like, okay, they're coming on or, (laughs) or like I've had one that dropped one off and I was like, she goes, she's in, she's in heat. And I'm like, okay. And I take her over and I'm like, after they leave and I'm like, she's not in heat that I'll give her the day, see if she comes on. And then the next day she's even worse. And I'm like, okay, she was going out, not coming in. Mm -hmm. So now we're like 21 days later having to breed again. So I've had a lot of that happen. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of interesting things. There's, there's been lots, but for the most part, if, if people work with their vet, it makes it an easier job for me. It's cheaper for them in the long run because they're not having to leave their horse at my place for two months. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, on that. Um, and most years, you know, I, I believe there was the one year and it wasn't that long ago that uh, everybody was short, short hay. And I, yes. that year I really told people bringing in their mares, like, you know, not the, I'm not going to feed them. Just, you know, I'm, I, I have hay, but I don't have a ton of hay. So really try and make sure your, your mares are, you know, where they're at so that, you know, you can get them home and get them out back on some green grass, which is just as good for them when you're, you're breeding too. So, but uh, for the most part, they, I just always say, try to have your vet at least look at them once to make sure they're clean, their cultures are clean, and and they're ready to go. And we have somewhat of an idea where their heat cycle is. And if not, mm-hmm. I've also had to just bring them and I'll figure it out on my own. <laughs> Which I was really lucky. Ted was like an ultrasound machine. So I could walk by his pen and he, you know, they were tweaking a bit the mare's and this might be a mare that might be getting bred to my dash to fame stud. And I'd walk him by and if he would curl his lip and stay there, you knew she had a, 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 she was ovulating. But if he came up and he'd always make a sound and curl his lip, but then if he turned around and walked away and went away to the end of the pasture, you knew she wasn't ovulating. So you just put her back in the pen. (laughs) Well, handy guy to have around then. (laughs) He was handy. He saved me a lot of vet calls. (laughs) Um, but now with him gone, Meg gets a few more phone calls. Hey, (laughs) you know, I've got a tough mare here. I, which, when are you going by? (laughs) So she's pretty handy to have around to help out with things too. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And does does that help with the mare thing? Like I just always tell people get the Absolutely. But I guess probably I'm bad. Um, I've been working on a contract and Mm. um, there's lots of things to look at, but I still tell people I'll, I I believe I'll do a contract when, when I start to do more AI and which I'm hoping Mm. that's another new thing that's Mm -hmm. coming here. Um, I'm hoping to do some of that, get ready this spring with that so and that's it yeah that's it bert will will allow it (laughs) all depends on the semen if he's not on his hiatus yeah yeah whether they freeze on his vacation yeah whether they freeze up or they unthaw properly we'll do all that testing and see how that goes and then we'll have a better better idea how his semen's going to work for that for the following year or maybe even at the end of this year or mid-season but that's the plan and that's been the plan for a couple of years, but um, we just haven't got it done. We've had so many freeze and everything. So hopefully this year, I just said, we've got to get this done. 
I don't want anything happening and then not having anything. So, Absolutely. so yeah, that's another new thing. So that's kind of exciting, I guess. Yeah, for yes. sure. It's going to be really yeah. exciting. And yeah. lucky for all of us uh, horseback riders and outside people breeding mares. Um, you, you've obviously worked like a, with a ton of people in the barrel racing world, and you've done an amazing job of getting your horses into the hands of some great jockeys. Can you tell us about them and how that happens? Yeah. Uh, this would be a good question for all them after they have to deal with me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> some of them would tell you some good stories. Some of them might not. They'd be like, oh my God, she's a pain in the butt. Um, <laughs> actually, probably my, my, I mean, I, I've been very lucky. Dawn Vanderstein's probably my, my go-to gal, um, has been since I broke my knee. Um, I believe it was when I was maturing red and I spiral fractured my knee and it was three weeks before the maturity. And I had, you know, just not everybody takes a stallion to go maturity on. And she jumped up to the plate. And uh, I think actually in that story, she told me at first that she didn't think he was going to win anything. So I was like, really? I thought he was good to go. And she's like, no. Then I don't know, a few days, I said, well, I'll come get him on the weekend. And then a couple of days later, she took him for a rip around the barrel pattern. And she told her husband at that time, like, to hang on to him. I got to go phone Jacqueline so she doesn't come here. She was like, I think we're going to win a lot of money on this horse. <laughs> so she phoned <laughs> me and she said, don't come. Um, and I said, oh, why did he, you know, what happened? And she goes, we're going to win. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's good news because, you know, three days ago, we weren't going to win nothing on him and now we're going to win. So I was like, woohoo. Um, so that's how Don and I kind of started out and she just did an amazing job jockeying him. And I believe he was runner up at that event, um, that year. Oh. Um, so that was good. And that was before we had a lot of maturity is this way. So since then, Don has bought a lot from me and still does a lot of barrel training for me. And she's got some great ones coming up as lots of you all know, like JR's her, her main one. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then she's got quite a few more and she's got more coming up that should be pretty impressive down the road here too. And she's rode both studs. She's both rode both did well on Red's Colts and has, is starting to do really well on the Dash to Fan Colts too. Um, and then I was fortunate enough. Um, Juanita Funk she doesn't live too far from me, um, which most of you know as Presley, the famous Empress. Mm -hmm. Um, I took her to one of our first five-star sales. And as we all know, like back how many years ago, the, the market for selling cults, you know, everybody wants a deal. And, uh, I ran her through the sale and I, I didn't take the bid. I put her back in the box stall and Juanita had her business there. And she said to me, I really want this mare. And I said, I called her the queen at the time. Cause she was a real, uh, she was the only Philly I had that year. 
So she was the queen with all the boys. So she got the nickname, the queen. And she says, but I'll come back and talk to you, you know, later on, she was busy with her business. And so we struck a deal and hands up to Anita, who did a fantastic job um, getting that mare going, starting her, um, her and her daughter rode that mare, like with a halter on in their arena when she was two years old, like just did a great job getting her going and getting her into the right hands. And then they got, uh, on her five-year-old year, I believe they got Casey Peters to jockey her for the next two years and they did fantastic. So that was another one that was just uh, a great thing that happened. And then if I go through the list, I believe there's, um, Julie Spurt had bought Cece from me. Cece was another one that I ran through the sale and I wouldn't sell her. So she went back to the barn and I had a few people phone me after and I said, nope, I'll just end up keeping this one for myself. And I believe Julie was out and she bought um, uh, a, a weanling colt off me that year. And before they left, they had convinced me to sell them Cece, who was standing at the corner of my trailer, um, learning how to be patient. <laughs> and <laughs> and they said, we would really like to buy this one. And I said, oh, it's a red daughter. I said, uh, I had it for sale, but I, I didn't know if I would sell her. And before they left, they had wrote me a check and Cece was in their trailer on the way home to their new owners. And they did a great job. Julie did a fantastic job starting that mare. Um, had started winning quite a bit on her and then had, uh, you know, lots of moves and things changing in her life. So then her and Crystal grad struck up a deal and Crystal finished riding her, I think, or rode her one summer and then she came home and ended up taking her back with a deal and and I think that was her six-year-old year and they went to winning quite a bit too so you know Julie had won lots in her five-year-old year and then Crystal jumped jockeyed on her and got going and did amazing with her too um, and Cece was um, a lot like my stud um, I call them fire-breathing dragons um, <laughs> when I rode with Ed Wright lots one of the first things he ever said to me with my stud was uh, Jocelyn, if, if, if you know, it's all about whether you can, um, if you want to let the fire breathing dragon come out, you can, but always remember, you got to be able to put that fire breathing dragon back in its cage. <laughs> and I was like, wow. So if I let it out and it stays out, I got problems, but I've got to be able to put it back in. And I looked at him and I says, well, I think I can put it back in. And he goes, well, and, and he called me monkey, monkey girl. I don't know. I think I rode like a monkey, I guess. And he goes, well, monkey girl, let him out then. Let the fire breathing dragon come out and then we'll put him back in. And I was like, well, okay. So that was kind of how he started his process of letting it all come out. And I believe, you know, uh, Julie and Crystal went through that with CC and, uh, mm -hmm they did a great job of putting the fire breathing dragon back into her cage who then got sold down South um, and is running pro down there and has been doing well. 
Oh, Andrea Udall was another one. She had Mona. That was one of the first cults at a bird. And uh, she had Mona and she had did a lot of winning out at the CBHI um, there too. And then got sold to Sissy Warren down there. And I believe Andrea just sold Mona's uh, full brother to the same girl down there. So that's that's going to be a really nice one to watch coming up. He's five. I think he's he's just a little bit bigger. I, I think he's, he's going to come on. I think it'll be a later, though. I find that sometimes when they're a little bit bigger, their muscle compact takes a little longer. So they'll come a little later. Who else? Oh, God. Adele Stobie's got one coming up that Don Vandersteen's riding, and it's a red one. And it's out of a oh. judge cash, and they call her Gigi. And again, that was one of my picks out of that year. Um, we all have picks. So, at yeah, my family, like everybody picks their horse every year. So, that's kind of cool. And then Adele ended up with her, mm-hmm. and I think she's, she's pretty, pretty cool. I think she'll come on fairly strong as a five-year-old, to be honest. Uh, Carlene R- Reimer's got a five-year-old um, that I believe is with Julie Spurt. This going to be this summer. That'll be another cool one to watch. Um, other girls, Shelly Adams, um, really good friend of mine, just lives down the road. We ride lots together. Um, she actually had a horse called Ginger. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that it was a little uh, gray roan little mare um, and she did a lot of winning and she ended up selling her to Sherilyn Johnson, who's now mounting her down at some pro stuff. Cool. And Nicole oh. Hicks has a five-year-old. Uh, this one's going to be cool. <laughs> Nicole Hicks has a five-year-old out of the capital flight mare who actually originated with, um, I don't know, that goes back to like, I think the, let me get it straight. The mayor came is Capital Flight mayor that Jack Hostler had. And if I'm correct, Dawn Global's stud, that's the mother. I own that mother. I bought it from Jack quite a while ago. And uh I I think this this she's kind of like a, a a greyhound running. Like she's gonna be pretty good too. And then if I go on, Chloe Frisk um, has one of my favorites. Uh, it was out of my firewater flit. And I kind of nicknamed him Famous Phil. Um, it, it was like <laughs> Dr. Phil off of TV is how he got his name. And he was the most coolest cat you've ever seen. So I called him Phil. And uh, I think he's pretty cool. And I always tell Chloe, no matter what you do with that one, your daughter's going to have one heck of a horse and the age time is going to be perfect for them. So that one's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie, Katie Crossman, or Alward, Atward, Alward. Um, she has a five-year-old out of her Shawnee bug. And I believe her daughter's actually riding it. And uh, that one's exciting <laughs> just because I'm a Shawnee bug fan. So I always follow them around. Like Absolutely. I, yeah. I internet stalked them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how what's out going. And, uh, I would internet stalk you, but you don't post a lot online. I, so I because <laughs> we had to interview I, you instead. <laughs> I know my mouth gets me into so much trouble. So my kids are You're doing very like, good. My kids are always like, 
mom. And I'm like, I know, I know. I try to stay quiet until somebody asked me so I don't get into trouble. And I do have, <laughs> I do have lots of opinions, <laughs> but um, I try to keep quiet unless someone asks me. And even then, sometimes I open up my mouth when I shouldn't. Um, uh, good friends that are around me know that. Um, I love to help, love to help people with their horses. Um, I can go back to that in a second. Um, but if we go back to other horses, uh, oh, I said about Shelly. And I just found out this past weekend, I love going out to Crosley's because Lori has the best food out there. I don't care what clinics mm-hmm. they put on. I go there because I like, uh, I don't care what clinician it is. I'll go because I love going to <laughs> eat at Lori. She has the best meals. It is worth going. <laughs> She's the best cook ever. And I'm a fussy eater, so. Um, and usually when they have a clinic on, they're always like, Jacqueline, hurry up. And I says, well, I'm busy. I'm visiting Lori and having a bite to eat. I'll be out soon. And I'll miss parts of the clinic because I'm too busy having a meal with Lori and visiting. And so I love, but anyway, I was out there and all of a sudden I'm looking at this horse and I'm like, God, that horse is a really good looking horse. So I waited till the end of the jackpot and I went over because I knew the girl and the girl, as we all know, you guys all know, it's Sheena Dunham. And I, this just happened. And I'm like, God, I really like that horse you're on. And she kind of laughed at me and she goes, don't you recognize it? I go, nope, I don't. And she goes, (laughs) this came from Carly. And I'm like, oh, and she goes out of her unleashed mare, her LD unleashed mare, Lily. And I'm like, oh my God. So she has a red daughter out of the unleashed mare. (laughs) And when I bred that mare, she was a a, a nice mare, but was still young and and hadn't got her body together. Anyway, here's this colt, and you guys will get to see it, I'm sure, this summer, is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous and built to last. Um, That's another one that's going to be exciting to watch in the the near future. just built to last that's what i would call built to last um i would be really (laughs) surprised if that mare breaks down on her like she she reminds me Mm -hmm. of red like she's built to last she's gonna put on a lot of miles for them and and stand up to the test of time i believe so that one's kind of cool and and then there's some other ones coming up like uh sander spencer chelsea steves and Corey hackenschmidt Mm -hmm. all have horses coming up that are from a little bit more of the cowbred line, but top cowbred lines. And I think that's going to be pretty cool to watch because I bred to a lot of cowbred running crosses, but these ones are some pretty nice cowbreds. And um, mm-hmm. I think crossed on Bert, those are going to be exciting ones to watch. They're a little younger, so they will be a few years, but um, I still stock them quite a bit. <laughs> and I wait and see if like they'll put up videos and you know and I'm like oh there it is there it is um yeah so those are pretty cool that's exciting so, exciting as a horse breeder too yeah and then that's just it like so, you you sit and you watch and you watch and you watch <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely so talking about events like you have all of these offspring that you're looking forward to seeing um, so what events are you looking forward to this summer? Are you going to go watch some? Do you have some of your own? And what are your own future plans? 
Well, um, my future plans? Well, oh, you guys. Don would be laughing right now when I tell you this story. Um, and so would Tammy, maybe Kathy, Dran would be another one. Years ago, I always set goals and I, I, I set big goals. And mm -hmm. how many people tell you when you set goals, they tell you um, set goals that are realistic to hit and reach? I don't. <laughs> I set goals big, 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 big goals. Um, and probably one of my first goals that I set really big was I was going to run at the Calgary Stampede. And I'll, I'll never forget. They all laughed at me in the car. And I think I was eating a tuna sandwich in the back. And I said, I'm going to. And um, uh, the next year, that I that was when I first had Chrissy back from California. And then the next year, I believe they changed the format. And you couldn't go anymore. You, you know, so there was a lot of rules and things had changed. And then the format changed again. So I never did get there. And then last year, Dawn opened up my eyes to this. What did you, what was it called? It was, um, you could compete to have a chance to go run at the Calgary Stampede, right? Mm -hmm. Is that how it's that Qualifier. Worked? Qualifier. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Good job, Shelby. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> And, and there's my problem. I get talking and I forget all these little words. Um, so the qualifier event, and I'm like, oh, go you guys. And I believe Winita Funk went the year before and it was really sad because Presley yes. and her, but Presley got hurt and they ran her and she was hurt and it didn't pull through. So I hope to see them back at it this year. Plug, plug, Winita. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe Dawn's going. And because Jacqueline just doesn't get out enough, I had to change my plan a bit. So I'm hoping those two girls will go. And then my plan is um, I have a mare that I call Prissy. Um, and she's called JR Dashing for Coronas. And Crystal matured her for me through COVID. And then I felt when I got her home, um, she's a really high strung mare. Lots of talent, but just higher strung. And I thought, you know, it wouldn't hurt her to have a year off. I'm kind of one of those people I, I I get plans and then I'm like, okay, now pull the reins back. Um, I I like to go fast, but I, I always say to people, slow is fast. So I brought her back home and I did a lot of trail riding and riding and just out. And then I did I did a lot of barrel work on her too and just pen work, but everything's slow. And it was good for me because I like to go slow and I'm really uh, finicky with my reining training. I like to have a horse really in my hand, like working on my pinky, basically. And I spent a lot of time working her with that. And then I sent her back to Crystal this year. And so far, they're doing a heck of a job. They're, they're starting to shake things up. So I'd really like to see those two, if she can handle it, go to the qualifier. And maybe then there would be three of them mm -hmm. at the qualifier. That'd be kind of cool. It might be might not be me riding, but I can be the biggest cheer section in the stands. <laughs> and Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So that's, that's a big goal for me to, it would be really neat to get one of those guys there. And mm -hmm. my kids are like, I know last year when Don was so close to making it there and Cooper was packing oh, his so bags, close. getting ready to go to Calgary to watch her. Cause I said, if she get, makes it, we're going, be ready to pack your bag. And we're putting all things aside and we'll cancel work and away we'll go. And 
he he really was a little disappointed. <laughs> and uh, I said, well, that's how barrel racing goes, Cooper. So um, <laughs> anyway, that's the plan this year. Maybe those girls can make it there and then we can get there. That That's a big dream. So that's probably my Absolutely. big dream. Always has been a big dream for me. And so even if I could have a, a horse get there, then that would fulfill one of my big little bucket list dreams. Um, you know, I might be there in the stands having a beer, watching them and cheering loud, but that would be okay too. <laughs> so that's a goal. Uh, and some other goals. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping this year with Prissy and Crystal, they can hit some big events like the legends and quite a few slot races. And I'd like to make a run at the, uh, like, you know, to be again, like in the Western fortunes, like a, the top breeder, top mare, top, you know, stuff like that. And I, I think the horses that are out there could do it again. They did it in the past. And I think there's even some more coming up that'll help add to those little wins for, for myself and for them. So that's exciting. That really does. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then of course, um, our group, our five-star group that puts on everything in Elkhorn will probably be rolling again and, and lots of, um, you know, uh, Western fortune money, uh, and I believe CBHI money again at that event. And it's the Elkhorn big homecoming one. in I believe that's the August one. So that'll be a big weekend, um, just in Elkhorn alone. So we'll probably still run a, hoping to run a jackpot at it. I'll try to find out whether it's, you know, when or what times usually it'll be the Saturday. Mm -hmm. So we'll get that event off on the ground again, going, we just kind of got back into it after COVID the, like the last year. So we're just trying mm -hmm. to get bigger again. We were big and then we kind of just came down and just, we weren't asking for prize money or stuff like that. We just were working at ourselves due to COVID. Everybody had just been through a rough time. So we just kind of mm -hmm. made it smaller. So hopefully we can get that going bigger again. And then our five-star fraternity one, the September long in Elkhorn again. And that'll be a big one again. And I'll, I'll probably be there. I'll be riding the tractor probably lots. That's usually where I am is on the tractor bouncing around. And, uh, yeah. And then I've got, I've got a couple more, like I'll have that saucy mare. I'll have her out. That'll be my main mount this year. And then a couple of younger ones that I've been working on with Guy Robertson and getting them broken going. So they'll be out a little bit this year. They're a little younger. And I don't know. That's my biggest one would be to see those girls go try and make it at the qualifiers. So that would be the big one for the year. Absolutely. And then the yeah. rest will be. Like... Yeah. Hit and miss. It sounds like a lot of events. Yeah. It sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah. And exciting say... 2023. Yeah. Exciting 2023. <laughs> now I say all this. And then if, if, if anybody that knows me good enough, I'm the person that's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, if it wasn't for Shelly Adams down the road, I don't know if I'd ever get to an event. <laughs> She'll always phone me and say, are you coming? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm busy or whatever. And then she goes, I'll pick you up at six. And I'm, and then usually I'll be like, sometimes I'll say no. And then the next time she goes, you're going, click. And, and then she'll, or she'll text me. I probably wouldn't enter anything if it wasn't for her because she, all these entries now, you got to enter so early 
-hmm. And I am, as you can tell, not very good on the internet and stuff. So I'm not organized, I guess I would call that. I kind of fly by the seat of my pants because I've got a lot of irons in the fire. And so I miss the days of just being able to jump in the trailer and drive to an event and go, hey, I'm here. I made it. And let's go compete. <laughs> now you've got to enter months ahead. And I'm that person that usually like messages someone and said, when's the deadline? And they're like, Jacqueline, it's over. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't do very many things at the moment, but that would really me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it when people come out with that schedule and they go, these are the events that are on. I would love to see like deadlines though, beside them. You yes. Know, yes. When's the deadline? <laughs> <laughs> when's the entry deadline? And then it might keep me on track a little bit more because I'm the worst when it comes to that. So that one bites me. I love me. the people the people on Facebook that post the deadline yes, yes. and the event dates. And I am forever grateful for those people. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, uh, I always think, well, I'm going to go. And then there's been times where like, I'll even buy a spot and then I sell it because I'm like, oh, I can't <laughs> get there. You know, mm-hmm. and there's no reason for me not to be there. I ride lots. I still ride lots. I ride at home a lot. I'm your mm-hmm. biggest winner at home. <laughs> My horses are really good at home and then I take them out and they're bad. So <laughs> that's, that's my goal to get them being better. When I take them out that hauling thing, I'm not the best hauler anymore. <laughs> I used to haul like crazy. And now I'm like, Oh, you mean I got to drive mm-hmm. to Brandon tonight? That's a long way. So I put, mm-hmm. I put borders up. I'll drive to Mooseman and I'll drive to Oak Lake and I'm pretty bad. Uh, like I, I don't, my distance now is got smaller, quite a bit smaller. So, <laughs> before so I used good. To, there's lots of events that happen in those parameters. So yes, you good. I know, but you know, I used to be one that it was like everything five to six hours away. You bet I was in a vehicle and gone and I never even thought about it. Now I'm like, Oh, a half hour. Yeah, I think I could do that. And then if it's an hour, I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> then you add two hours on, and that's two hours later you get home. And yeah, say la vie. And then I'm like, oh, I got to get up in the morning. and Or I got to breed a mare before I got to go to work. So then I'm like, oh. But mm-hmm. it all gets done, I guess. It just takes time. So. Absolutely. But. So you've just thrown out so much information here. I'm going to have to listen oh. to this one again a couple times, probably. Well, I <laughs> keep talking because you guys should interrupt because I would just keep talking, talking, talking. <laughs> no, it's so cool. It's so cool. And I'm sure that our listeners after listening to this episode are going to be like, how do I get in touch with this lady? <laughs> I need to talk to her. So like, like, what's the best crazy. way for people to get in touch with you? Well, uh, Facebook, Facebook or messenger. That's usually how people get a hold of me and, and don't panic if I don't, I know there's lots of people that are like, um, like I just had one the other day. She'll know who she is. She sent me a message and she, uh, she was asking some stuff and I, I didn't reply right away. And she goes, so I guess that's a no. (laughs) And I was like, no, I've just been really busy. Um, in fact, I think my son had just had surgery. So I was like, 
but I, I, I'll get talking to you, <laughs> but that, that's just me. Um, give, give me a little more time. I usually will read things over a few more times before I reply back, um, right away. And usually I try to reply back right away, but it might not be the day you send it or like 10 minutes after you send it. I'm a little bit slower. I call it snail mail. I kind of read it and then I go back to work and then I do other things. And, and then I always say to people, don't be afraid to message me again. Cause I forget like, yeah, that comes with age girls. You wait. Mm-hmm. You all oh, happens forget. to me already. Uh, I am famous for opening a message, thinking about it, and then totally forgetting. That's me. That that is me to a T. But then I'll be doing something. It'll it'll never, it always seemed to make me amaze me. Like, I mean, I might be breeding a mare, and then all of a sudden I'm like, yes, I was supposed to phone that girl back and let her know that, yes, she could bring her horse. So it's kind of funny when it hits me. You know, I can be out in a barrel race and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, like I was going to do this or do that. Or I was supposed to have that mare there last week, two guys. And, you know, I just, yeah, I'll get it there. (laughs) Just forget. (laughs) Or my farrier. He's he's another one that just kind of shakes his head at me. (laughs) He'll have appointments and I'll be like, that's not going to work for me today. (laughs) I'm one of those. It's too cold. That's my famous line too. And it's too cold. Mm-hmm. Winter so. time it is. What's that? I said at winter time, it truly is. Oh, yes. Yes. And I don't have that warm, warm barn where we all stand in and chit chat. It's we're, we're out in the cold. <laughs> so I always say it's got to be a nice day. It's got to be in the, the pluses. No, no double digit minus for me so all right Jacqueline well thank you so much for joining us here and sharing the details of your breeding program what you got coming up um, little sneak peeks of what you got coming up that's pretty huge uh, we are so thankful yeah. to have breeders like you in our area offering mm-hmm. pristine bloodlines of barrel and performance horses uh, we look forward to seeing future offspring this year, possibly some Calgary Stampede qualifiers and the new successes <laughs> attached to JR Performance Horses. <laughs> I hope yes, these ladies are listening to this podcast. Yes. Hear it. <laughs> so do I. I hope they do because I'm going to be plugging them here as we go along. All right, girls, like, mm-hmm. let me know if you're going again. Like, I, I, And I've always said I'd like to just get out and watch them too. I just need to start and take some time and and get there and do some stuff mm-hmm. too. Um, another one we go to lots is I like to go to the CBHI too in Pinocchio because it's later oh. in the fall and I find it's an easier one for me to get to because I'm not breeding and foaling. So it is one that I can usually get to. So I like heading out to that one due to its better timing for me. Um, mm-hmm. It gets pretty crazy around here, starting here at the end of March till till June. And yeah, mm-hmm. so... But I thank you both for um, inviting me for this podcast. Or hope it helps out. Um, uh, I hope some advice sinks in with some people. And uh, well, it's not really a lot of advice. Yeah. It's just if I had any advice about breeding is, is, you know, you don't you don't have to have the best of the best. You have to believe in what you have. 
and yeah. you know and 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 breed to like you know if 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 look look at what people are doing with some types of horses and do you see is it suiting your style like that's another thing mm-hmm. when you're breeding like suiting your style and uh you know like lots of people look at a horse and go oh i really like this and and yeah but does it suit your mare that you're going to take to or does your mare suit that stud like you know there's lots of those things but if you believe in your mare then usually a good mare can breed and cross on to a lot of studs is another absolutely little pet peeve of mine so and i'm always vantress i'm always vantress to try new and different things so i always say just go for it if you if you feel you would like to it's not for the fainted heart sometimes having the babies but if you can get through that process they're great to have around and I thank you guys for the podcast. I thank everybody who comes and breeds to my studs. It's been a roller coaster ride, ups and downs, and I hope many more to come. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Thanks again, Jacqueline. Okay. And to all of our listeners, you can find the information from the episode. We'll post it in our show notes. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform to listen to future episodes. You won't want to miss out. Um, Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook to get some sneak peeks and information on current and future episodes and send us a message. Let us know what's on your mind, thoughts, new inspiring humans that are to you and equine topics. We are here for all of it. And thanks for listening in and we will see you guys next time. Thanks, Jacqueline. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Okay. Bye.